welcome to My Security TV and our Tech and Sec Weekly. My name is Chris Cubbage. I'm the executive editor with My Security Media. Today we're joined by Larry Clinton, the president of the Internet Security Alliance in the US. Uh, he's written a book, Cybersecurity for Business. Uh, we're going to be looking at for business. Cyber risk is not just an IT issue. Some of the key sort of takeaways out of this particular book. Uh, it's well worth the read. I've got a copy. Uh, without further ado, Larry Clinton. Larry Clinton, uh, President, Internet Security Alliance. Welcome to My Security TV and our Tech and Sec Weekly. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having right. me. Um, look, we've just written a book, Cybersecurity for Business. I'll bring it up, but we've got it on the uh, on the screen as well. Um, look, it's always good to see a book on cybersecurity, and this one is obviously focused for business, uh, and it's structured really well. I thought, let's hand over to you maybe a little bit about yourself the Internet Security Alliance and the motivations uh, for writing a book on cybersecurity? Well, uh, I started out as an academic. Uh, I got involved in politics. A uh, fellow staff member at the University of Illinois decided to run for Congress uh, and uh, asked me to run his campaign, which sounded like fun. And to make a long story short, we wound up uh, going to Washington, D.C. I worked on the Hill for a number of years, including uh, on the, uh, the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which was the first piece of legislation that ever mentioned the word internet. Uh, and from there, uh, as the progress of the internet went forward, I got involved in cybersecurity. I've been with the Internet Security Alliance for 20 years now. Um, love this job. Uh, it is exciting, it's novel, it's uh, creative. Uh, it's a wonderful job, so long as you don't think about the threat, uh, if you think about the threat, it gets pretty scary. When was the Internet Security Alliance founded? Uh, the Internet Security Alliance was founded in 2001. I came okay. on in 2002. Right. It's just the, the language uh, is interesting. When you think, think about the Internet security, you know, the language has changed now to cyber. You know, yeah. that's we're talking 21 years, obviously, now. Uh, what are some of the sort of the key observations you've made during that period as the language changed to cybersecurity? Do you think cybersecurity is the way it should have gone so people kind of understand it or has it played against it a little bit? Well, let me answer the last question first. No, <laughs> cybersecurity is definitely not being understood uh, appropriately. That's a main feature of what the ISA is is talking about. Uh, to kind of go back to the beginning of your question, um, I, I often remark that when I first got involved doing cybersecurity in the early part of the century, um, I had to spell cyber when I walked into the room. Uh, people really had no idea what we were talking about. You may remember people thought that it was Y2K, and we yeah. had to say, no, 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 completely yeah. different thing. Uh, we have certainly gone a long way since then but one of the most fundamental problems and one of the main uh, elements of, uh, of the Internet Security Alliance messaging is that we are not making anywhere near adequate progress in cybersecurity. And we think one of the major reasons for that is that for the most part, the, the, the issue is being misunderstood. People are still thinking of it as primarily an operational technical issue. And while it's got an operational and technical component, for sure, it is a much broader issue. It is an enterprise-wide risk management issue. Uh, and the real problem with cybersecurity is not, as many people think, the vulnerabilities in the technology, although there are massive vulnerabilities in the technology. The real problem, I mean, all of our critical infrastructure, farming, service transportation, it's all, it's all vulnerable. But we never hear about it getting attacked. The reason that we have such a cyber problem is because the economics are completely inverted. 
uh, cyber attacks are cheap, easy, incredibly profitable. Defense is hard after the fact. We're uh, protecting a porous uh, uh, perimeter, and there is absolutely no law enforcement. So it is the economic incentive structure uh, that needs to be fundamentally changed. So uh, no, we are not thinking about cybersecurity appropriately, and particularly we are not if we want to consider this in comparison to what our adversaries are doing. So the Chinese, just the Chinese, are spending $1.4 trillion over the next five years on their digital strategy. That's at like six times what the United States plans to spend. And that's just China. That's not Russia, Iran, North Korea, the vast criminal syndicate. So we are way behind. We've developed somewhat, but we are way, way behind uh, in terms of what we need to be doing on cybersecurity. Ironically, we think that the private sector is far ahead of the government in terms of its progress, in terms of understanding and addressing cybersecurity. And that, frankly, is, is the basis of the book. Well, you, you've definitely written the book for business and for, for private sector. And for what, you know, something that stood out for me was it's, it's written towards sort of the boards. You're really talking at the executive and board level and you put the onus on the board as well. To, it's the board's role to engage with the executive about cybersecurity and, engage, and making sure that's embedded throughout the organisation. Um, the, you're aligned, are you, to the... Um, the NACD, the National Association of Corporate Directors, is that is that right? Or the book is somewhat aligned to their key principles as well for cybersecurity? So uh, the Internet Security Alliance has had a partnership with the National Association of Corporate Directors for nearly a decade. Um, the NACD came to us 10, 12 years ago uh, and said, you know, we need to get the boards involved in cybersecurity. But all the stuff that's being written is trying to teach the boards about the technology. Yeah. And frankly, the boards don't want to learn about the technology. So we took an entirely different approach. Instead of demanding that the boards of directors learn our language, we said, let's learn their language. Let's talk about what the boards are really interested in. What are boards interested in? They're interested in innovation. They're inter interested in strategic partnerships. They're interested in mergers and acquisitions. So we took the issues that they care about, and we embedded cybersecurity within that. So what are the cybersecurity issues when you're doing a merger? What are the cybersecurity issues when you're doing a, a new product and developing a new supply chain, et cetera? What we uh, were able to do with NACD was develop these set of principles. And I should point out that the, uh, the principles that the ISA and the NACD have developed are the only set of best practices that I'm aware of that have been independently assessed by PwC and found to actually work organizations that use these principles as outlined in this book have better risk management, uh, better uh, budgeting, closer communication with the, uh, with, uh, the organization, the uh, board and management, uh, uh, better uh, alignment between their business goals and cybersecurity, and, and still a culture of security within the organization. So these principles absolutely have been shown to work. We actually have versions of this handbook now on four continents and in five languages, and we're about to add Australia, which will be a new contract. I was going to say, it's, it does sound like uh, we've got the Australian Institute of Company Directors uh, over here, of uh, which I'm a member. Uh, they have uh, had have had an uplift and they've had some funding from the federal government to uplift their education of directors in cybersecurity, but it's not 10 years old. I can give you that much uh, if you've been doing it in the US for 10 years. Well, we have made some outreach to some organizations in Australia and we are 
optimistic that sometime during this year we will be able to bring Australia into uh, the fold of the uh, rest of of the of the Western world and much of of the non-Western world. So we have, uh, you know, Japan. We have a a, a handbook for uh, Southeast Asia, for Japan, for Latin America, for uh, Europe, uh, and of course the United States. Um, so this is a common set of principles that can be adapted um, in many different environments because there are cultural and legal differences among those uh, those various uh, cultures. What the book Cybersecurity for Business does is it takes the principles that are outlined in those handbooks and ratchets them down to the management level. So what we are seeing is that uh, leading organizations are rethinking how they approach cybersecurity and thinking of it less in just strictly operational and technical terms and thinking of it more as a strategic business issue, which yields the, the positive results I just mentioned. So the purpose of cybersecurity for business is to say, okay, if your board is going to move in this more productive direction of understanding cybersecurity, what does that mean for your HR department? What does that mean for your legal department? What does that mean for your audit team, et cetera? So it is a way to implement these broad principles down at the management level, because in order to have an effective cyber risk management program, you need to have a handshake between the board and their role, is, which is cyber risk oversight, and the management team, which is in charge of implementation of cyber risk management. Are they still looking at it from a risk perspective and the metrics? They just want to see a, a red, a yellow or green Sort of indicator in the risk profile how how would the board sort of yeah how do you see that in terms of how you report to the board because that's always been a a, a a trouble that we've seen in terms of how do you present your cybersecurity strategy to the board and that's what they really want to see yes absolutely um so uh we think uh that the heat maps and the red green and blue uh one two three four five enumeration uh is outdated uh, and frankly, quite ineffective. Um, I, I don't know how, how we divide blue times green. I mean, I don't know what that means. Um, uh, these long lists of checklists that we've been given by some of our regulatory friends, they don't work. Um, there's nothing that ever has, they've never been assessed and proven to work. What we advocate is entirely a risk-based model that integrates cyber risk much as we analyze other forms of risk in the in the private sector, environmental risk and financial risk, it needs to be done in empirical terms and related to the business costs. So our chapter four in cybersecurity for business goes through how an organization can transform itself so that it will begin to understand cyber risk from an organizational-wide business perspective, understanding what are the economics so that the board can better understand what risks the management team needs to do the sophisticated risk assessment and then the board can decide what risks does it want to take what risks what does it want to avoid and how does it uh, lower its risk through mitigation or transfer so that it comes down to uh, 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 an empirical level of of, of the board's uh, risk appetite for their particular business this is a much more sophisticated model uh, it is wide it is now widely available um, although it's not being used uh, in a majority of, of organizations but as I said, leading organizations are. And this is, by the way, also leading to changes in corporate structure because you need to reformulate how you think of the organization if you're going to you know, uh, have a digital age uh, sort of strategy. What we advocate is that we take cyber out of the uh, unique control of the IT department and instead it needs to be managed by an enterprise-wide 
risk management team that includes all the key players, human resources, audit, legal, obviously IT, obviously risk. All these people need to be getting together because they all need to own cyber risk. Uh, and, and in fact, they're the source of many of the vulnerabilities. The biggest vulnerability, as we've known for years, is not the technology, it's the people. So the human resources people need to be fundamentally involved. And from a board perspective, the public relations people need to be involved because there's going to be a breach and you're going to have to figure out how to handle it. And if you're going to try to bring the legal team or the, or the PR team at the end while you're in the middle of a breach, you're going to have a very bad situation. So what we're doing in cybersecurity for business is, is saying what leading firms are doing are moving towards this more strategic economic uh, empirical model of analyzing cyber risk so that the entire organization, the organization-wide approach is taken. And we have find, finding in the research that's been done that this actually is more successful than that traditional model. Well, look, I thought that the economics of cyber has always been a challenge uh, and embedding cyber throughout uh, an organization, particularly through uh, culture, uh, is also a key challenge as well. Uh, I think given some time context for this interview, we're on the back of a, an Optus breach here in Australia. Medibank's going through a ran, ransomware attack right now. Uh, Woolworths, my deal, has also had information sort of put online as well. So it's really very prominent here in Australia, back to back, uh, you know, headline news in terms of cyber. So it's, there's no excuse in terms of not being aware of it. I thought just for this interview, one, we just wanted to highlight the book and the work that you're doing, which is great. And the five key principles, one is that it's not an IT issue, uh, it's an enterprise-wide risk management issue, as you've discussed there. Directors should understand the unique legal implications of cyber risk as they relate to their company's specific circumstances. An observation we had oh, maybe two or three years ago, maybe uh, three or four years ago, potentially, boards were looking at cyber risk insurance, you know, and they wanted to transfer that risk over to insurance. What's your current observations around cybersecurity and, and insurance, cyber insurance? So uh, so risk transfer through insurance and there are other methods to do risk transfer is a legitimate and useful part uh, of any risk analysis. We do this in, when we analyze financial risk or environmental risk, et cetera. Um, I am, uh, we think actually that um, properly accessing uh, the insurance industry um, really can serve a, a tremendous benefit. Uh, uh, and, and we need to embrace the insurance industry because if, if the insurance industry is fully embraced with this, and, and we're seeing uh, uh, examples of that here in the States, AIG, for example, uh, is being very effective in, in their ransomware program, uh, just for one. Um, if we can get the insurance companies involved, then their own money is at stake. And now they have their own reason to go in there and help organizations uh, enhance their cybersecurity uh, by refusing to provide insurance if they're not adequately uh, following best practices or adjusting rates to provide an incentive for an organization uh, to do more in cybersecurity. The real problem with insurance is that the the when we get to systemic cyber risk or catastrophic cyber risk, that outstrips even what the insurance companies can do. And so this is where we need that handshake between government and industry to work together. In the States, we have a couple of models um, flood insurance and crop insurance, you know, back in the day where the federal government stepped in and provided a guarantee against excessive uh, losses by the insurance companies, which enabled the insurance companies to lower their rates, get more people involved in the insurance, uh, incentivize the best practices, and, and eventually as the insurance companies generated money 
uh, from the uh, from the policies, a portion of that money went into uh, replacing the government risk. So we actually had a, a revolving door where eventually the private sector was providing uh, that uh, that catastrophic risk insurance. And as I said, we have done this historically with uh, flood and crop insurance, for example. We can adapt a similar sort of model uh, with cyber. The problem really is that we have not done a good job of taking the things that do work uh, in 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 the rest of the economy and environment and uh, education and 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 uh, the, the you know defense and stuff and adapting them to the cyber world partly because this is really novel stuff I mean cybersecurity is what 25 years old um, uh, basically so it doesn't have kind of the uh, the the maturity that most of the other disciplines have and most of the other public policy has but we think we can adapt that kind of stuff and we can move ourselves in a more um, productive uh, area where we can better manage the risk. Not sure we're ever going to do away with the risk, but, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we've both been around long enough. We know that know about that. Look, the book uh, is definitely worth grabbing. Where can they get a copy, Larry? Uh, so it's available pretty much wherever fine books are sold. You can go to Amazon. Uh, you can go to the publisher's uh, website, Kogan Page. Yep. Um, you can get it pretty much uh, from any of the normal uh, out out uh, outsets, and uh, you know, uh, you know, as you may know, there's really no money for the authors in writing books. <laughs> um, so right. the Internet Security Alliance did this really just to get the message out there. We think that there are better ways that organizations can manage their cyber risk. We need to get that message out there. ISA uh, does not sell anything other than the books. No, we don't have any services or consulting services or products for sale. Our only interest is in expanding the perimeter of security as, as much as we can, because cyber is a uniquely ecosystem-wide problem. You cannot secure your own company. You are inter, interrelated, interconnected with so many others that we need a system-wide solution. And that's what uh, we think the book can help do. Well, look, it's definitely worth a read, or at least the, some of the chapters. I love the way you've structured it to, uh, as well with the takeaways for each chapter as well. So it's an easy one. They can have on the desk uh, ready to go, uh, but or they need to be planning before before the actual breach. Uh, but next time you're talking to your board, uh, it's worth having a flick through this particular book. So we'll have the link uh, in the show notes as well. So Larry Clinton, President, Internet Security Alliance, uh, there in the US. Thank you very much for joining us on My Security TV. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Well done on have the board. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you.